Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the Sports for Dummies podcast, episode 10, the last of this series. This is the podcast for you if you know everything about sport or you know absolutely nothing. Every single week, I am joined by the sporting guru, Lewis Pierce, who breaks down the three biggest sporting stories in the world this week. My name is Hope, of also. <laughs> of also. Of also. Of also. Yeah, that sounds like I'm an emperor. It's Hope, of also. <laughs> That's fine. We're going to keep the intro in because let's rock and roll. Wicked, all right? Lewis, how are you this week, my love? I'm good. And to wrap up, Hope, Series 4, because it's the last one, I thought I've got a little football here. So I'll give it a quick back of the net. It's an inflection. It's on the far side. Hey, um, love yeah, that. I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. I've had a, a good week, had my induction at university. Um, and I also, I got an invite uh, to Watford Football Club on Thursday night. I was at an event um, with the Frank Sue Foundation, and that was for... East and Southeast Asian Heritage Month, which is known as ESA, um, for 2022. Very, it was a very, very amazing night. Hope so. We had three guests there. There were three panelists. A man called Alan Lau, who set up the Frank Sue Foundation, the man that ran the whole event. A woman called Alicia Tang. She is actually the women. She's the lioness's lead physio. And a oh, man wow. called yeah, and a man called Lawrence Locke, who is a development and inclusion officer for the FA. So very, very interesting. And it was focusing kind of about uh, the panelists' journeys, what they've been through, and actually how we can be more inclusive in the football industry of British East East and Southeast Asians. So yeah, it was it was a really interesting night. Great networking event. Met lots of really interesting people. Um, had lots of yummy food as well. So it was brilliant. Yeah, had had a great time. How's your week been? It was not far from your house. No, literally. Although, I tell you what. The roundabout going to Watford Hope is an absolute flipping nightmare. There's this double, it, like the lanes, they disappear into one. And then if you're not in the right, <laughs> it is like literally driving the car, you go, you sort, of, you sort of get there. You know, there are those movies where like, you know, you come to a halt and you stop and everyone goes, oh, and for those that don't get it, that's like where your head hits the back of the seat and you're like, absolutely out of breath. Anyway, when you when you arrive, you take your seatbelt off and you kind of like your legs are like jelly as you're walking along. Um, so yeah, I can't say it's ever happened to me. <laughs> no, I so you haven't missed out driving through Watford because <laughs> it is scary. 
Anyway, how? Uh, yeah, my week's been quite good. Um, what have I been doing? Had an audition the other day that I think went well. So that's good. Um, things are picking up a little bit with work. I had a bit of a, a lull, but that always happens in self-employed land and you get into a bit of a flap and a panic and then you're like, Ugh! and then you apply to loads of random things and they all come back and you don't want them. It's the way it goes. Um, but actually, I'm trying to readjust my thoughts pattern when it comes to the lulls because things will get busy again. Mm. So just trying to take it slow and enjoying time with friends and family without thinking, I should be at my desk trying to get work. So it's been nice spending time with my goddaughter and my niece. And I actually changed my Instagram bio yesterday to presenter plus everyone's favorite auntie. (laughs) (laughs) And you are indeed you're everyone's favorite auntie. We're talking about the terrible result last night in Italy. Um, England lost 1-0 and have been relegated to League B in the Nations League. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I went in to my dad. So me and mum were watching. I don't remember what we were watching. We were just drinking wine and watching something. I fell asleep. Um, but I went in to see my dad at one point to see the score. And yeah. Italy and England. And he started going, no, no, it's nearly, nearly, nearly. So it was nil. My dad's like me. He's a bit weird. So... <laughs> I knew it weren't good. And then he came in a little while later and just sat with us. Because he went, oh, I can't watch that anymore. 90 minutes of my life I will never get back. And it wasn't even like Hope it was enjoyable. It was just a complete and utter waste of time. So we'll get talking. Of course, for those listening now that will be in the past, I won't go on too long about the game. We could talk about the future. Because the question is, Hope, on everyone, everyone's lips now, what is going to happen for Mr. Gareth Southgate? Because, of course, we've now been relegated, Hope, from the Nations League. England haven't scored an open play goal in a competitive game since last November, which is 490 minutes of... 495 minutes of football, I should say. Okay, and so they the, have actually had games in that time. Yes. So, Hope, the last four results have been two draws, two losses, um, one of which was a 4-0 loss to Hungary at home in England. So that was... Although to be fair, can't rule Hungary out. They've been brilliant. This in in the tour, in the Nations League, they've been fantastic. So not faulting them in any way. I just mean on home soil, getting literally decimated by a team who, in reality, we should have been competing with, and we literally got played off the park, is embarrassing. Hope I could get very not angry. I could get very um, passionate. Yeah, passionate and irritated. But I will. I'll keep my cool, and we'll put the the neutral cap on. Um, but yeah, so hope the game before the game kicks off, right? To give some sports and dummies roundup for those that maybe didn't watch the game or weren't necessarily sure on the score and stuff. So Italy have got quite a few injuries, a bit like Liverpool at the moment, right? Lots of injuries. They've got lots of injuries in their teams. They're playing a weakened side. They also aren't going to the World Cup, so they didn't qualify for the World Cup. I think we we definitely spoke about that. They got knocked out last minute to North Macedonia, so they effectively have, apart from the Nations League, they've got nothing to play for. You know, of course, this is kind of like for for obviously for sort of, you know, I, I guess um, morale within the country and stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. winning's always great. But it's not like they're building to go to the tournament. They're not going to the World Cup. So this game effectively means nothing. It's like a dead rubber. It means nothing to them. Dead um, rubber. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they call I've it. I've never that heard is... that phrase in my life. Haven't you? Do you remember the giant rubbers back in the day, the pink ones? that said like giant rubber, giant mistakes. Yeah, I, I, you know the annoying thing about those, right? To, on the, never, that note. Yeah. No, when you had like your maths book, right? And you had those kids and they had the matter of like, <clears throat> the trouble with those rubbers is you ru- you start rubbing out and then your entire like page just disappears. They're really they're hard from- to use. Yeah, I just, I never got it. Even, it, you know what's it's funny saying that, right? With pencils, 
I actually think using rubbers, I think it's quite useless because it's like often you, the trouble is with a rubber, right? You miss what, like you rub out something, but then you're rubbing out the whole line. So you've got to rewrite the whole line. And it's like, it's just a waste of time. I haven't used a rubber in quite some time, I must say. And also, if you're new to the podcast, firstly, it's the last episode, so where you've been. Secondly, my role in this is to take Lewis off course. And I've done it effectively. <laughs> and it gets more effective every time. So yes, we're talking about rubbers because that's my job. Back to the football, Lewis. Yes, so I... <laughs> Before the game even started, England were playing what looked to be, and it was a five at the back, so five defensive players, which then turned into seven. So effectively, England were playing a formation of seven zero three. And oh, it I was saw your just, tweet about that actually. Yeah, it, it was just boring. It was like we have one of the most exciting attacking sides within Europe. The world maybe is a bit debatable, but you could say the world. In terms of creative players, we have lots. We have lots of great players going forwards, and he's playing this really defensive team. Now we're bottom of the group. I can see why you're doing that, but. If we didn't win the game, a draw or a loss meant relegation. So you had to go for it. So you're thinking, right, you've got to go for it. You may as well go four at the back or just go really attacking. You, like, So you could play three at the back, which is what we did. But in reality, it, instead of being a three, four, three, which, what it, which is what it was supposed to be, it mm. just turned into seven at the back and then three up front. And Because we were was... trying to defend so much. Yeah, and well, because it, Italy had the ball, they were dominating on the ball. We there was just no creativity, no fluidity within the midfield or the defence. Um, and to be fair, hope got to give credit to the goal scorer Giacomo Raspadori was an unbelievable goal, really, really well taken. Literally turned uh, Carl Walker inside and out and, and bent it round Nick Pope's post. He, he was brilliant, great finish. Um, and the only player I think that you can really give credit for on the night would have been Jude Bellingham, the young lad from Borussia Dortmund. He was fantastic, played really, really well, but was the only one really that showed any sort of spark in the game. I mean, there were a couple of players whose stats looked fine, but actually on an eye test, so not just stats watching the game, went missing. And I'm just, I'm, I would say personally, again, as we've discussed before, Hope, we've gone over my view on England and, and as a passionate fan, I'm not like, whoa, England. But obviously I'll always watch and I'll and I'll always follow what's going on because that's our national team. And so I'll keep in yeah. touch. But, you know, Southgate goes over towards the away fans in, in the, uh, yeah, towards the away fans, obviously in the way end at the San Siro in Italy. And there were loud, loud boos and jeers. So his future is in doubt. So was it, in your opinion, and your opinion at home, if you want to tell us about it, was it the fact that we need a new manager and Southgate is the issue? And if that is the case, who would you want to see? Or is it the players that we've got at the moment? A bit like Manchester United, not gelling well. And mm. could that improve as time goes on? Who is the problem? Hope, great question. Now, there's actually a very, very famous question always circulated in the media, which is known about the England job, and it's known as the impossible job. So we're going to start with that, and then I'll come on to my full Impossibly. But that's exactly from, from Italy. Um, <laughs> The thing is, the the England job, the pressure on your shoulders is absolute. I would say it's probably one of the hardest jobs in world football, without a doubt. Because the fact is, if you're not successful, you get ridiculed. And mm. no one can deny it. Over the last sort of, I'd maybe say three tournaments which Southgate has done, two of which we've got to a final and then a semi-final, we've played well. You know, we we've, we but equally, we've played well and... It's been like, okay, it hasn't been amazing football, but it's been fine. It's been acceptable. And his win record is great. That's the thing. So Southgate in the job has one of the best. I think he might actually, can't quote me on that, but I know his win percentage is over halfway. It's like 64, 65% or something. So he's got a good win okay. percentage. Um, and in comparison to other England managers, that is unbelievable. You know, lots of England managers have done terribly because the truth is you've got obviously a nation's 
nation's eyes on your shoulders. But because we haven't been successful for so long, that pressure is so much higher, say, than like an Italy or a Spain. Not to say that there isn't, because I think every international job is really, really difficult. The pressure is different. Yeah, when you've got exactly. a lot of losses, it's more important for you to get a win. Exactly. You know, we haven't won the World Cup since 1966. You know, that, that is a long, long Whoa. time ago. And so... How? Exactly. That's like 50, is that 50 years? Yeah, it was 50. I think it was 50 years, like 50 couple of years. It's it's ridiculous. Quite good really. maths, by the way, from me. Sort yeah, of. Yeah, it must be... An estimation. Yeah, yeah, I guess. 56 years. Um, <laughs> and now, personally... And again, I don't ever like being critical of people or critical of managers or anyone like that, because I don't think you can for one minute rule out the challenge that Southgate has. You know, he is managing a a group of players who are exceptionally talented. He's got a great group, like a great squad. But after how close we came to the Euros, how literally we were in, you know, we were one penalty kick away from winning it. And obviously it fell at our feet. That obviously then adds pressure. And so that happens. Then we go to the Nations League in June and we get absolutely battered left, right and centre. You lose again yesterday with no like no real promise in the team. Now, he was quoted saying, it's difficult for me to be too critical of the performance. We had more possession, more shots, more shots on target. And then he goes on a bit about kind of the results. Everyone's going to react to the result, even though we had more possession, blah, blah, blah. We didn't play well. The mm-hmm. key quote, though, that he said was, I personally thought the performance was a step in the right direction. And I don't like calling people out, but the truth is, I don't know what game he was watching because the game that I watched was 90 minutes of utter dross. And there was no, for the last sort of five or 10 minutes, it was a bit more promising. England looked a bit more in it. My thought hope is this on Gareth Southgate. And I've always said this, and and I'm not someone that ever criticises. My opinion is Gareth Southgate is not the man to lead England to a World Cup or a Euros win. I think he's a great assistant manager. He'd be a great coach, a great director, potentially. You know, his qualities are he's amazing at player relations. He has such a good way of making sure that players are happy on track as a squad. You look at the England team and how um, how united they are. It's amazing. And you don't often see managers that can do that. But I think tactically, I just do not believe he's the man to do it for England. And again, that's not me saying he's a bad manager because I don't believe that. I think as a as a man, as a man management from a sorry from a man management perspective he's brilliant and a he can management way yeah you go management <laughs> perspective he is brilliant but i just don't think he has that final edge not like Klopp, not like pep not like jose Mourinho. i just don't think he has that final spark to get the boys over the line and that is my opinion so who does well this is the thing because then everyone, <laughs> yeah then everyone points the finger and goes oh well you need to have an answer if you get and it's like the truth is I, I, I couldn't tell you because I think the fact is any manager in that England role is going to struggle. It's true. But what I would like to see, if again, if I was in charge of the FA and stuff, again, if you sack Southgate, he has to go. That's the truth. But what I would do is I would change his role. So I would make him someone like the assistant manager or head of player relations or something. So that way he is still involved in the squad because I think he does play an important role, but get someone in. You know, there are lots of managers that are available. Hope Whether they would come or not, I don't know. But Managers like Marcelo Bielsa, you know, ex-Leeds manager. Again, a massive outsider, would be quite fun to have. Pochettino, ex-Spurs manager, is available. He's fantastic. Zinedine Zidane, ex-Real Madrid manager. Amazing. The odds of, the odds of these managers coming is need, very... Do they need oh, to be God. English? No. We've had managers before oh. from Italy, from Sweden. So, no, they That's don't have to be English. That's quite weird. Yeah, not, well, not really, Hope, because... You know, at the end of the day, you you want a manager that's going to like bring you to success. It doesn't matter whether they're yeah, it's... but if all the players are English, I think the manager should be English. 
Well, there you go. So that, well, currently he is. You know, that's the thing. Over the to be fair, over the last couple of years, that since oh goodness, when did uh, Capella get sacked? I'm trying to think. Yeah. So for the last so to be fair, for the last ten years or so, since 2010 ish, we've only had England managers. So we're sorry, English managers. We haven't had any. Yeah, no, I think that's European how it. Should, I think that's how it should be. Or... For every country, you should have someone from your country, because then it's a proper country team. Yeah, but hope the truth is though, you've got to think as an example, right? So the Lionesses manager, Serena Weigman, German manager, her footballing style is incredible. And you've got to think as well that different nations have different styles of football and and, and you you know you're brought you know you're a product of your environment. And so truthfully, if you look at it on paper, to be honest, the managers often that are from England that have been in the England job have been terrible. And so some haven't, but and and, and again, I, I'm saying this for those listening that might be slightly older. This is from my perspective. I'm not talking about back in the 90s or 80s. And he's or only 60s. 12. Yeah, I'm literally about yeah, exactly. So I just worry for Southgate because I think that he is a real he's a nice bloke and he's done a great. You know what he's done with that squad is amazing, and you can't fault his achievement of getting to a semi final of the World Cup, getting to a final of the Euros. But I just think that clock really is ticking for him. And it would be a sad way to go to see him get sacked or just annihilated out the media. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, saying things like, you know, I thought it was a step in the right direction. It's like, like we were awful. We were awful last night. There, yeah. were, there were no positives. It's nice to be nice, but you're not going to get the trophy because you're nice. It's not a nice competition. It's a football competition. <laughs> also, and it's like, that's my analysis. Got- also, uh, oh, what was I going to say? It's gone. Oh, yeah. World Cup is coming. Yes. They need to be going into that with a positive mindset because they need to get some victories behind them. Otherwise, that is going to impact their play 100%. Oh, without a doubt. And so saying that, for those listening that probably will have heard this already, you'll probably know the score as well. Uh, England take on Germany on Monday night in the Nations League. So again, that is a complete dead rubber. England have nothing to play for because obviously we've lost. So now it's literally national pride. So... This is the last game before the World Cup. Um, Germany also lost. They lost to Hungary 1-0. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it could be a very, very long winter hope for England. Um, And the truth is, our group, so in our group, we can obviously, when it comes to it, we'll do a full World Cup preview for everyone listening. We can do a full Sports Dummies rundown, predictions, all that fun stuff. Oh, and kits. And kits. We'll do kits for definite. Absolutely. In fact, we can do that soon. Maybe, Maybe we could start that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Keep your eyes on the prize for that one, people. Um. But yeah, way the hope for those listening, of course, who did our eyes on the prize. But my only worry, right, with England is that the group, so we, in the group, for a little preview, we've got USA, Wales, and Iran. Now, on paper, those three countries we should beat comfortably, obviously, but we're talking about England here, so it might not happen. But the problem is, in the quarter, sorry, in the round of 16, we could face the Netherlands, if things go the way people would predict. And in the quarterfinals, we... Odds are we'll be playing France. And if we don't lose the first time, I'll tell you what, the way that the performances have been, I I, I would not be confident in any way about England facing either the Netherlands or France. I just do not think it will go well. All right, but let's be positive. Oh, of course, of course, we'll go into it. But to be honest, I'm just excited to see Brazil because actually, it sounds quite negative, Brazil haven't really been the same team since, oh, for a long time, really. So, I, I'm just hoping that we can see because they've got a really, really good group of players this year. Very talented, like lots of flair, very fun. Should be a fun World Cup for them. So I'm looking forward. Yeah, I mean, it should be interesting. What's it called when you all have teams and you all for the World Cup and you all put it in the hat and you choose them? Oh, um, a, a sweepstake. A, is it what called a sweepstake? I'm going to do one of them with my family. I'm going to say to them, right, let's all have a go. <laughs> well, also, we, my, we could do a sweepstake. We should do a sweepstake. Also, fun fact about my grandma. 
June. Yes. Shout out June. Um, she lives by herself, but she has like um, a little uh, England thing that she holds in her hand, and it goes tick 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 like this like oh one of the wheezy things. Thing. I know, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. whenever Liverpool England are playing, she just be in the house by herself going, whirl it around. And neighbours are probably thinking, what's going on there? Yeah, it's like, blimey, it's like some little building work going, you've got a little jet, yay! June bug going on. Love <laughs> it. A game's going on. But yeah. Good old grandma. All in all, um, obviously, I you know I wish England all the best for the, for the World Cup and for the tournament going forwards. I just think that, you know, it, it's not very positive. And the truth is, Hope, and this is anything about England, right? It's slightly different. With, say, the media with a football team, if you manage a club and your club's not doing very well, you can turn it around. The trouble with the England job and the media, as it's well known, as it's called the impossible job, when you lose the media and when you lose the fans, that's it. Like, there's there's no redemption. There's no way of coming back. There's no way of going, oh, well, like, and honestly, if I had to make a prediction now, if you said to me, is Gareth Southgate going to be in the job post-World Cup? I would say no. Um, I think... Unless we win it, unless England win the tournament and and by defy all odds and go and do really well, if they get knocked out early or if they get humiliated, anything like that, I can't see him staying in the job for very much longer. To be honest. Well, let's watch. Oh, sorry. Hey. <laughs> let's well, watch. let's watch on. <laughs> you sound like um Mick Carter from EastEnders. What's his name in real life? Oh, I forgot his name. It's Phil Mitchell. No, Mick Carter is like um Danny Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. That's I, it. I've never watched. I've never watched EastEnders. As you well, sound like know. Danny Dyer. Then uh, Danny what I was going to say? <laughs> what I was going to say is, let's watch this space and see if Lewis is right. Will Gareth Southgate still be in the job? Let us know your thoughts. As always, Sports Podcast at gmail Story number two, Lewis. Hope we're going on to an event that happened last night at the O2 Arena. Going to wrap it all up for those listening. Talking about one of the tennis legends who's just bowed out. Name is. Do you know who I was about to say? Who? Nigel Farage, which is not his name. Nigel Farage. <laughs> it's, Ro- it's Roger Federer, but I can I can't even see. I, can, I, can. I get the air. It's the Federer and the Farage. Right, that makes sense. One, one's 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 a leader. Of, he's involved in politics. The other one plays tennis full time. It's like anyway. Oh yeah, playing... all right. I made a mistake. Let's move on. <laughs> right on to the next. Um, yeah. So hope the tears were flowing properly at the O2 Arena last night. Of course, Roger Federer has bowed out of tennis in style. His final game. There was not a dry eye in the house. It was very very amazing to see kind of the last scenes and his final interview and stuff. Um, so we wish him all the best in his retirement. But yeah, it was an incredible, a really moving night, to be honest. Very moving night. Do you cry? Hope. Uh, well, the, the, this is the trouble, Hope, again, with this, again, with sometimes with sport. It was on. Did you say, do I cry or did I cry? Did I cry? Did, no, did you I cry? Did, oh, no, I did not because cry. <laughs> it was on, <laughs> no, it was on at the same time as England. So uh, I watched the opening of it, but I didn't watch the end because it ended about half 11. Like, I think it finished oh, at wow. about, yeah, it, it, it went on and on and on. And it went, I think the final, if I'm not mistaken, I think the final shot was at like half 12. It was, oh, it was ridiculously, it was very, very late. It ended very late. So no, I was in bed. Also in that situation, sometimes if you're not there and the atmosphere isn't taking you, watching it is not the same. So you probably won't cry. No. I mean, again, for most sporting legends, I, I, I don't really have that. 
of course, obviously there are things that are passionate and that do move me, but yeah, something like that. No, I, I, I probably wouldn't. I mean, if you're there, I think it is different. You're right. But I think yeah. on the telly, there's kind of a different, there's, there's different films. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've got to talk about him. Hope 20 Grand Slam titles, 103 AP titles. He's had 310 weeks at number one, which is absolutely ridiculous. And we know how hard that is. Oh, hope. We, when we but, look before Serena Williams, yeah, Miss Serena Williams, the other goat, absolutely. So, yeah, so there were the nickname was <laughs> that's my goat noise. <laughs> Brilliant. We had few down playing when that was Federer and Nadal on the same team. They were up against uh, an American duo, and they sadly lost. Um, but in style, you know, they they didn't bow out by anything by any means that were bad. There's a clip, Hope, that you can find on Twitter. Just go and have a look. Just type in, uh, you know, Roger Federer impossible shot yesterday. Hope. He scored, or well, basically he landed a shot that would have, I mean, I don't know what the odds would have been. I would, honestly, I would say it's a one in a million. So where the net is, right? So you've got the net and then you've got the, the, the pole, right? And so on the pole, the net goes, there is a tiny hole and a tiny space in between where the net is and the pole is, right? Yeah, yeah. Roger hit the ball through the hole. <laughs> Through. If it has gone through, then it doesn't count. I don't think I've ever seen that before. We must be able to see a replay on the big screen here. You know, it, it was obviously a complete fluke, but it was one of those shots where it's like, even though they lost, that is a shot that will go down in history because he, he lands this shot that, like... I mean, it is odds. It is literally odds defying how he did it. It's insane. It's insane. Just, I know we've obviously don't want to take the whole episode up on, on explaining tennis, but just a quick question. Yes. How does tennis work? So basically, I used to play badminton, yeah? And yes. it would be up to, if I'm, this is a long time ago, but I think it was 30 and that would be the, the match. Right. So. With tennis, to... how do you win? So it goes 15, 30. 40, set. That's random. Why not? 15, 30, 40, set. Yeah. So that's just how it works. I hope that's just, that's just the game of tennis. It's a bit weird. So, we, so we're playing now. It could be 15, love, then 15, all, then 30, 15, then 30, 30, then 40, 30, then 40, 40. Then you've got to go to juice and, and then it all gets complicated. So to put it in very basic sports and dummies terms, we'll just say it because, it, again, I won't go into all the ties and tie breaks and stuff. Um. Or, or double juice or anything like that because it's very complicated. But, juice, ju- exactly juice. And um, yeah, you know, it's quite when you when you start following it, it's not that difficult to understand. But I think when if you know nothing about the scoring, I obviously went out to the French Open and I knew yeah, how and you were scoring it. Yeah, and I knew how singles worked, but doubles is a whole different ball game because there's different rules about things, there's different rules about serving. So it's all, it, it's quite a complicated game. Mm. So we could do an episode maybe at some point where we do it. We yeah, do a, it seems, yeah. seems very stop-start from what I've seen. And how many hours does it normally take? It can last more. It depends on the game, Hope. It depends on the... So traditionally, really, I would say, for like a Wimbledon final, it'd be a couple of hours. So the longest tennis game ever, Hope, was between... <laughs> what? John Isner and a man called Nicholas Mahout. Sorry for any pronunciation that was wrong. Um, that was at 2010. That was a first round match at Wimbledon. That lasted 11 hours and oh! five minutes. Without any breaks? 
Well, there would have been breaks. It was a 138 point tiebreaker. So that literally means it would have gone. I win a point, you win a point, I win a point, you win a point, I win a point, you win a point, I win a point. Eventually, someone wins. That And 138, 11, 11 hours. hours. Yeah. but So that's the thing. So tennis can actually be, it's a bit like one of those sports where it can either literally go like that. I, I was working on games at the French Open that people got decimated and you, you'd literally win. If for the women's game, it'd be two, uh, two games to, or sorry, two sets to nil or three sets to nil, whatever. Honestly, some people just get decimated others it's like that it's like ping pong it's like yeah. backwards and forwards backwards and forwards backwards and forwards and another sport that can last ages is um cricket isn't it cricket's tr- well cricket's always been a traditionally slow sport that's just how it is but this this wasn't as long of course but the, the reason why i hope it wasn't because the game went on for a long time it just started really late that was always just a very late ah, start because it was a celebration and, and let's yeah, all watch and, and, it and, and, and that whole thing so yeah but i mean to be fair talking about hope about celebrations there were lots of celebrities there we had people like bear grills the vogue editor called anna winter was there hugh grant michael, uh, michael mcintyre even bill gates was there whoa yeah, so there you go. Um, uh, and but, if you're thinking, um, just quickly, if you're thinking, why, why is Roger Federer re- retiring? Have a listen to episode eight of this yes. podcast and you'll find out more. Exactly. So we won't spoil that. You can go and check out the other episode if you don't know. But yes, so that's it. And in his post-match interview, Hope, he, he held back tears and he said, you know, I'm happy. I'm not sad kind of saying he, there were happy tears. And his wife was there and he said about his wife, she could have stopped me a long time ago, but she didn't. She let me carry on playing, which is amazing. So all of his family were there. His parents were there. It was a very, very beautiful night for him. Um, and hopefully going forwards, we'll, you know, he, he's made it clear from day one. He will still be involved in the world of tennis. Who knows mm. what that's going to look like? Um, but what we do know for now is that he's going on holiday with his family to celebrate. He'll come back. Yeah, he will. For sure, he will. He'll Just like back. Serena in some way, you know, they'll, they'll come sh- back. I'm sure they'll be around, in and around the sport in some capacity. Um, but yeah, an, an amazing career. And, and, and we wish Roger all the best in his happy retirement. Um, but what an amazing, what an amazing, amazing tennis player he's been. And just, it just remind, just makes you think, I hope, something I've really felt, you know, watching someone like him and thinking about Messi and Ronaldo is that actually that was my generation was people like Roger Federer, Djokovic, Nadal. And these players are, of course, aging. People like Messi and Ronaldo and Tom Brady, players that people in this sporting world have grown up with. And now we're moving on to new stars. So it, it feels, it, I feel like lots of sport at the moment, it's a bit of a transition period in that there are lots of stars that have broken through that are aging in, in across different sporting worlds. Um, and we're now moving on to, yeah, to different generations. So, so yeah. Random, but there is a sport I don't think we've ever covered and I think we maybe should. Which is sumo wrestling. <laughs> no, I'm. Do have we not? I'm sure we didn't. We cover. No, our... I don't think we ever have. Moving on to story number three. Yes, I hope we're going to wrap it all up today. Series four in style. We're talking about a legend, another legend, another goat of the. I would say adventuring world. A man that breaks boundaries and is an incredible athlete. We're talking about Mister Ross Edgley. But Lewis says these names and like builds up, and I have no idea what he's it's talking about. It's, she's like talking to a brick. It's just nothing. <laughs> and you like just... have an expression and a pause, like react. And I'm like, yeah, I'm it's meant like to know that, who they are. It's like that meme. There's the seal sitting in the water. It's going round. It's going boom, 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 but just like just completely just nothing there. Just yeah. like yeah. Anyway, um, so I don't know if you've, you, I don't know, you might have missed this, and it's okay if you have. For anyone listening to you may have seen it on the news. Um, but I'm going to give a quick update. So. 
Ross Edgley has been in the news this week. He has broken the record for the longest ever open swim. And he's actually doing that in the Loch Ness. Hope he spent 52 hours and 39 minutes in the water without touching a boat, without touching land. He covered 79.52. He couldn't sleep or anything. No, I don't believe he did. I don't understand. I, from what I understand, and again, I, 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 I will do when I believe there's probably there will be a documentary being made on it in some capacity. I'm sure they'll make more announcements. From what I understood, and again, a bit like he did. So hope we'll get onto what he's done before because he's an incredible man. The way that it looked in the photos that were taken, he would pause in the water to have breaks. So he would put literally would like would swim do and like, then would stop. He it. could do like a star and float my sister <laughs> exactly. is so good at that by the way she's very buoyant where you like put your legs and you maybe he slept like that i mean he might have done i don't i don't know although yeah, the loch ness monster come over he'd be in trouble burda, 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 burda. Yeah. hello yeah, the loch ness monster yeah. eat, to eat ya. <laughs> then, yeah 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 but um but anyway he endured temperatures hope as low as five degrees so you've got to think oh. you're yeah i mean and an incredible i mean how would you do this to yourself because <laughs> hope he is he is a bonkers human being he actually and again i'm gonna give a little shout out something for people to watch over the two-week break if you want something to watch and you don't know what to do and there's not a lot of sport going on ross edgley broke the record he has swam around the british isles hope that's what he's done and he it took him like again, i won't spoil it but he swam for like 153 days straight and you see a man literally who swims all the way around the bottom of england and up alongside Wales, all the way around past Ireland, up and along around Scotland. I mean, it is like, and then obviously down the east side of England I mean, that too. is, like we said he's bonkers, but that is absolutely incredible. And what an achievement that you can then say, like for generations, everyone can be like, my great, 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 great granddad, he done that. Yeah, and he, and Hope, he is. I mean, by he, that time, all the countries that, or places that he swam might be under underwater because they're <laughs> flooded. Well, but... <laughs> He'll be exactly. well equipped if we do flood, by the way. He'll just be say, living all, in the water. Of all, of all the people, him and Michael Phelps will just be living it up. Sorted, sorted. Yeah, yeah, Adam. Adam he'll develop web like, feet. Yeah. Like, bye. And there's me like with my, like, with my buoyancy. I'm just sort of like playing. And then it's like chilling. Too bad, actually, I'm quite a good swimmer. Definitely not as good as Ross Edgley, though. Um, I'm a good floater. Not as good yeah. as my sister, though. A good bobber. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, he from what it looks as if Hope, there were obviously two reasons for doing this. One was personal uh, personal achievement, of course, to break a record like that is absolutely incredible. But secondly, he's actually a really good man. Like he, he often does things for charity. He raises a lot of money for different people. He works very closely with Gymshark and Loughborough University. Um, and for anyone that's kind of interested in kind of the world of sports or balancing, say, endurance with physical activity, like we'll insert a photo, I'm sure, of him. He is a flipping monster, as in you you wouldn't believe the size of him and the capabilities he has. And I hope, just quickly, I'm just going to show you well, a photo. Swimmers do have like very big shoulders, don't they? Uh, well, hope he he is like not, he's not abnormally big. He is a literal man mountain. Oh my goodness! He is huge, and he's one of those people where for his like you he's you muscly. Would, oh, he's just muscle, like quite literally. He looks like Hulk. Of, yeah, and oh my I, goodness. I am completely inspired by his workouts because very often, and this is something that I would say again. Lewis, don't return to series five like that. <laughs> you, like the like, who are you? No, do you, uh, Hope. He has got incredible genes, but he's one of these people where, like, Hope. Are they like, from the, Tesco? Look at the side of it. <laughs> Whoa. Did you like my joke, though? I don't know. I'm just going to ignore that. Um, <laughs> <what's the game? laughs> 
But yeah, the other thing Hope they were raising awareness for, or he was raising awareness for, was actually preserving sea kelp forests in Scotland. Now, I'm going to give a quick little side note to this, because actually I think this is quite amazing. So he was quoted by saying, the longer I've been working with Taliska and Parley, who he's been partnered with, the mm. more I've learned about sea kelp and how essential they are, oh, sorry, how, how essential the preservation of these amazing sea kelp forests are. Now, very interestingly, Taliska and Parley, they are kind of, a, there are two different companies by the looks joined in one for this adventure. Now, they're actually committed to supporting the reservation and protection of 100 million square meters of re- marine ecosystems uh, wow. by 2023. And, I didn't know this hope. Again, obviously a man, I've done quite a lot of swimming in the sea before, but I didn't really realise, you know, stuff like kelp, you don't really appreciate. Apparently, kelp absorbs carbon dioxide, helps regulate water acidity, harbours microorganisms, of course, shelters different animals and different animals live in the sea kelp forests. So he was raising awareness for that as well. So quite quite an amazing achievement. Um, to give it an update though, for those that were wondering, Ross did post something today. I'm sure we could screenshot it from here on his Twitter, Instagram or somewhere. Um, but he's given an update. He's ended up what looks as if he's potentially in hospital. We don't really know. No. Yeah, he's he's okay. Like he he, he posted himself um, and he said he's going to give an update. So we'll obviously wish him all the best in his recovery. Hopefully it's nothing too serious and he'll be all right. Um, but it, it's obviously a, a major concern. I suspect, hope it will be because of the severe severe um, shock on the body the conditions all that stuff but he was quoted by saying thank you so much for all the kind messages of support as you can probably tell the swim didn't go entirely to plan uh didn't go entirely to plan we'll update properly later but once publish a huge post of gratitude to everyone and say a giant thank you to my amazing support team so of course we we wish him all the best an absolute legend um and really sad yeah an absolute beast he's a monster ross 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 Ross. or edge lee edge Edge lee Lee. um quickly uh my uncle fun fact about sea preservation yeah my uncle john um he used to be he used to do scuba diving in fiji and new zealand and he was a scuba diving teacher and he used to do loads of work to stop people killing the whales oh really Mm -hmm. wow that's yeah. interesting. Have you seen Seaspiracy? Hope it's one of these, and again, I'll say no because it's one of these shows. I can't. I think I need to be. I need to be in a frame of mind where I'm ready to. I think I need to be ready to watch it. And I don't. I'm not saying I'm not at that point yet. But every time I come around to watching it, I've either been going away or I've been involved in some sort of like eating seafood. And I just. It looks. I, I need to watch it. I it's very good. It. I mean, I still eat fish, but I'm very aware. Yeah. Oh no, and and I think I've you know what actually Senate Hope another company I, I'll give a shout out to they're they are the sponsor of Forest no in fact like we yeah we can even include a clip or, or a photo so Forest Green Rovers the football team um their third kit sponsor Sea Shepherd they are a charity who work um out in obviously in the sea um but they combat stuff like that so whaling and all that sort of thing and they're they're a charity run all over the world incredible charity for what they do um but it's there is a massive world in in that even sea kelp you know even with something like ross i would never really have realized actually the damage that is being done for for destroying sea kelp and so humans um, the worst fyi no it's not it's not good is it um so yeah but anyway wish you we know, wish ross oh go on you say you say octopuses octopus octopi, octopi. have eight brains in one in each tentacle i did know that when they have their lay their eggs they then die no, it's really sad. It's like bees. Well, they sting, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like just like bees. 
You know, imagine like animals that you know they they then they sting you and you die, or they they lay eggs and they die. You know, you, you know, you got the point. Eight brains, imagine that. Yeah, that's imagine like we... one of the, That's like Split, that film where he's got different personalities. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. To be fair though, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because I always imagine my head like so with eight brains. You got eight. You know, obviously eight tentacles. So you got you've got one playing like basketball. One you'd be doing keepy up to the football. Then the other one you'd be throwing NFL ball. The other one you'd be hitting with a you like you you know. I like how I, you made it sporty. Very very clever yeah, that. I feel like octopi need to obviously with those brains they need to take it in a new way now. It's time to it's time to revolutionise and you just see you know it's like oh what's that film called where is it Despicable Me where they've got a squid gun? Yes, it is. That is legendary. <laughs> You haven't even got any nieces or nephews. How do you know that? Oh, I like this big one. Yeah, sorry, like, that was a bit. That was a bit mean. You can watch a, cartoons. It was a great. It was a great film back in the day. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Me. Yeah, with a with a squid gun. Absolutely pied you there. Sorry. Yeah, so rude of you, Miss. And you're supposed to be the nice auntie. Absolute <laughs> rubbish. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody, that is it for Series 4. Thank you so much for joining us on the ride, as always, and going through all the different series is with us. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode, please do let us know at sportsatomiespodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a message on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you want to do it. Just let us know. Um, any sports aside sumo wrestling you want to see potentially next, um, next series, do let us know. And equally... The other thing that's important to say, any guests, people, any guests that you'd like us to have on, any ideas of sporting guests, whether it be NFL, it could be ice hockey, it could be underwater polo, you name it, we're up for it. You let us know what, what you'd like to see next um, and we'll see what we can do. We'll be there for you. And the race Sports for Dummies duo. Also, very exciting, guys. We are going to be shifting to a brand new platform for the next series. We'll tell you more as and when we know. Why are you laughing? Because you were singing, you did. We started doing an awful remix of Friends, and then you just went straight into letting people know new news. Yeah, well, that's how I roll. Um, so yeah, keep your eyes on the prize. For hey, that. Uh, have a wonderful week, and we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, see you in a bit, people. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>